0: Welcome to the Illuminating Primary Care Podcast, a general practice podcast brought to you by Menlo Park Recruitment. Illuminating Primary Care is here to quiz primary care leaders to offer professional knowledge, experience, and insight on the biggest topics in general practice. It's the podcast to listen to if you work in primary care. Welcome to the Illuminating Primary Care Podcast.
1: Hi there, it's Matthew from Menlo Park Recruitment.
0: And Victoria from Menlo Park
2: Recruitment.
1: Hi there, everyone. So we ran a really successful webinar series recently of which uh, Victoria and I delivered the first one, and um, which was all about what to look for in a practice. Um, and in this episode, we're uh, going to briefly recap some of the discussion points that we've covered and, um, and some of the questions that were raised as well um, to give you an insight into the the, the full length. Uh, episode hopefully uh, it inspires you to go and uh, and and watch the the full thing. Um, the first section that we discussed was you know what to do before you inquire. Um, and there's there's a lot of things you need to be thinking about before you actually make that initial inquiry. Um, you know how much does the advert tell you? You know the quality and the quantity of the information. You know how forthcoming are they with things like salary and working pattern. Um look at how many other practices are nearby and that can give you an idea of how competitive recruitment is um and how easy it might be for that practice to recruit more GPs once you're part of it like it's not just you joining you need to think about the recruitability of the practice in the future as well um you know use your network too do you know people who work there um, or have worked there can you tap into anyone um, and and get um, a bit of an inside scoop um, we talked about the importance of how long is the advert the advert being live and what that can tell you. Uh, you know, it does um, a practice that's been advertising for a while raise any alarm bells with you? You can look at the CQC rating, the patient reviews. and um, I think both of these are good indicators um, of how a practice is faring. Uh, Is it commutable as well? Look at the distance. Um, Have you traveled uh, that far before on a regular basis? Think about it in the winter, particularly when it's dark mornings, dark nights. Do you really want to be doing that kind of commute um, when the weather is rubbish and it's dark and gloomy? Um, Think about the population, the demographic. uh, Have you worked with that patient group before? Um, And I think finally, uh, for the initial part, look at their website as well. How much information is readily available to you? What can you find out similarly to what information is in their advert? How much can you glean before you actually make that initial contact?
2: Thank you, Matt. So that's uh, some great advice when you make your initial um, interest in in a practice. Um, but what about when you make your inquiry? So it's important to state clearly what it is you're looking for. It's important that you set you stall early. Gain nothing from keeping your cards close to your chest, no. as as you just risk wasting everybody's time, including your own. State it, doesn't, your requirements. Yeah, it
1: doesn't benefit
2: anyone. No, absolutely not. And so. I mean, we've come across this before, aren't we, Matt, yep. where people haven't haven't divulged, for example, Cat Work Fridays, yep. and then they've said it when an offer's been made, and that's a game changer for the practice. So yep. make sure you you let us know exactly what you want right from the very beginning. State your requirements. What do you need in terms of flexibility or support, uh, professionally or pastorally? You know, you have outside of work commitments that you need to ensure you finish by a certain time. You know, practices will try and work with you where possible. Ask when they're looking to recruit. A practice in hurry to recruit might might be to your advantage in terms of leverage getting what you're looking for could also mm. suggest desperation so just be aware of that as well and and never feel under pressure to to make a decision on a start date
1: yeah i think that practices will always wait for the right people won't they and um i think if they're giving you a you know a week's deadline um to come back to them on a on an offer perhaps i think they're going to they need to be appreciative that you might have other options that you're looking so um yeah, the 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 time frame should be set by you, really. You know, you shouldn't be dictated to by uh by a practice, I think. Um and I think there is a balance to be found there. When you say, it, that like you yeah. you, know, you need to you need you need to be reasonable. Um, but at the same time, I think that's where the communication factor comes in. Like what you say about state, stating clearly what you're looking for. I think if you're communicating that from the from the outset and they know all of the moving parts that are involved in that process, uh, it's going to be a, um, a a lot more of a smooth uh, smooth process and hopefully a better outcome.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But also, you need to be aware that the practice will need to know in a reasonable period of time. Yeah. So, although it's understandable that you're going to have other options, maybe that you want to consider. You know, the practice can't be waiting around for a month on end while you make a decision as to what you want to do, because it's important to them to get a GP on board yeah. uh, as well. Um, when you arrive at the practice, what are your first impressions? You know what other state of the premises is it modern purpose built is it is it older does it need updating what could that possibly tell you about the practice and what do the staff look like when you arrive are you greeted with a yeah. smile or with a really really depressed looking receptionist and how do the patients seem are they are they quite happy sat in reception you know all these can be give you indicators as to what it can be like to potentially work there and why are they recruiting has there, has there been, where's the vacancy come from? Is it retirement, yeah. which is, you know, quite the genuine reason? Or do they have quite high staff turnover? And if that's the case, why is that the case? Yeah. Um, I mean, even I... If,
1: even a GP, if, if you're replacing a GP that's leaving, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just finding out why that GP's left. Um, I think that's a question that 99% of the time GPs don't ask. They don't ask where the vacancies come from. They just see there's a vacancy. And Uh, I think you need to know the origin of it because that's going to tell you a little bit of a story. And, um, you know, as I say, a GP leaving can be uh, uh, fine. They might have left to do something completely different. Um, But if they've left to join another practice locally, why?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, a lot of the time I deal with practices and the reason they need to recruit is mainly retirement or a GP is completely relocated. But, yeah, if somebody has joined locally, then why, has that happened? Um, also, how many locums might they be using? You know, are mm-hmm. they long term? Why does that mean they can't get salaried GPs? Or it might just be maternity cover, which is, you know, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and what? How many GPs have they got? To the list size, is there a is there a good balance? Have you got mm-hmm. enough patients that you can manage individually? So again, these are all things to consider. And how long have people been there? You know, have GPs been there quite a long time? If so, it must mean that they're happy yeah. and settled in the, the practice and the team that they're working with. And how, how's the partnership looking? How long have they been partners? How big's the partnership? All these can yeah. be telling signs as to the stability of the team, the happiness of the team. And also, if you're interested in partnership, is the opportunity for you to join join that partnership?
1: The age thing i think is key there as well with the partnership because if you are interested in partnership yet yeah, you know there's five partners there and they're all within five years of retirement age uh you know are you going to be left holding that holding the can so to speak in a few years time um or can you see clear succession you know are there a couple of partners in their 40s or you know one or two in the 50s and then you know one or two in their 60s so you can see the next generations coming through
2: yeah um and what do you want what do they want what's their ideal candidate we know yeah. it can be a candidate market at the moment but obviously they want somebody right for their practice so it's always good to actually ask them you know what do you want in in a GP and I had that recently with the practice and they absolutely loved the fact that the GP
1: it goes down the really well have... yeah it goes it down does. really well
2: doesn't it it shows that think... you care
1: it does but I think it's important to to ask it as well because Practices at the minute, a lot of them are desperate to recruit and they are going to probably compromise uh, and and just recruit a GP because there's a GP available. But I think you need to know if you are what that practice is looking for, um, because if you're, you know, if you're not and maybe they are compromising in certain areas, what's that mean for their expectations of you? You know, they might compromise on what they're looking for, but their expectations probably won't change. They'll still expect, um, uh, you know, the, the same work or, or the same um you know the same return on things in future. Um, so I think you need to know if you do fit the profile, whether or not they've offered you a job. Um, I think I think that's equally important as actually getting offered the post itself is knowing that you're that you are a fit for it.
2: Yeah, because you've got to be happy as well. And if they're yeah. expecting things that you're not comfortable with, then obviously that's not going to work out for you at all. Yeah um how ambitious are you you know you might want to develop specialist interest can they support you with that uh, mm. i have a lot of uh, newly qualifying gps wanting to do the fellowship scheme C- can the support with that fellowship scheme yeah. and um who else works there? You know, how many other um, clinical support team are there? Because they can obviously take quite a lot of the workload away from the GPs in terms of not just patients, but admin and even home mm. visits. So who else is there and how do they actually support the practice? And what's been done in terms of workflow optimization, admin support, are you going to be bogged down with admin all day as well as seeing patients? Or is it quite streamlined? Is there a really good back office function at the practice? Mm. And as we mentioned before, you know, start and finish times, what kind of flexibility is there? Do you need flexibility? And what time do they expect you to stay there, not just on a normal day, but on a duty doctor day? And what time yeah. are the normal GPs getting out on a night? Yeah. You know, are they getting out a reasonable time or are they stuck there till like after seven o'clock at night finishing yeah. admin?
1: Okay, and you want you want those those relevant examples uh and it's you know said oh well there is flexibility okay right well who's using that flexibility you know is it he's saying this flexibility but everyone starts at 8 30. you know you, you think you need to actually ask for some specific examples okay well you know who has a working pattern that might differ a little bit um cause flexibility is a bit of a buzzword these days isn't it you know they just it's just it's, yeah. band, it's banded around then you actually you probe a little bit deeper and uh, and it's pretty rigid um, so, yeah, you want to actually see some case studies of flexibility being employed.
2: One of the most important things that GPs want to know about, and understandably, is is workload. Yeah. So, you know, we know that everybody would love the 15 minute appointments. And yes, practices out there can offer it, but most of them don't. And most of them do work to 10 minute appointments. So how comfortable are you with that? Yep. Most of them will be about 15 patient contacts per session. But it, I think it is important to, to have a look at the screens, see what they tell you, how many extras are mm-hmm. they dealing with? Is it realistic? And are you going to be able to to manage that, especially if you're newly qualified and you're, you're getting back, you know, you're getting into the swing of being a qualified GP? So just make sure that's something yep. you're going to be able to manage. Um, a lot of practices will give you a really thorough induction process program and they will start you in lower patient numbers so you can build yourself up slowly but surely. uh but just you know be aware of the end game and where they expect you to be after say uh, a month or so um and what is required as salaried gps in terms of additional responsibilities so again A lot of them, you know, for newly qualified, won't throw loads of additional responsibilities at you, but it can happen. And if you are an experienced GP, this might be something that we'll expect of you. So they might expect you to lead in a certain area, maybe deal with coif, maybe help with the training side of things, if the training practice and supporting other GPs joining the practice. Are you okay with that? You know, is that something you're interested in or not? And and duty doctor, you know, I touched on it very briefly earlier. What does that look like? Is it realistic? Are you on your own dealing with it? What's the list size in association with all the responsibilities you're going to really? have? I've got massive practices that you will have like maybe two duty doctors or a duty doctor and a nurse yep. or, you know, a smaller a practice sometimes doesn't have a duty doctor day at all because they're just so few. GPs working there, so they They all all work work together. Yeah, Yeah. but then that might affect extras. So, you know, you need to see the screens, you need to know what that's going to look like. And if you have got, you know, commitments outside of work, childcare um, concerns, and they've got extended hour expectations. You know, do you have to take part in that? If so, you know, when, how frequently, what's it look like? When are you going to yeah. get out? Are you going to have to be in early? Are going to have to stay really lit? Can you do that? Because if you've got to take part in that, it, you can't then start at a practice and then a week or two in go, I can't do that because I've got to be home for the children. So, yeah. you know, you be aware of extended hour expectations well before you you make any commitments to a practice. Yeah. And once there is an offer made um what does the contract look like you know everybody would love the bma model let's face it but a lot of practices can't do the model but they will offer something very very similar to to the models so be realistic in your expectations as well but thoroughly read through it you can send it to the bma for checking they'll happily do that um uh, or you can even have a chat with any of us and go yeah. through your contract. We've got a pretty good idea of what we'll is see important. Hundreds of them. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've I've done that many a times. And sometimes GPs haven't fully understood what it said, and we've been able to explain that. So we're happy to help as well. Be aware if the, you do send it to the BMA, it'll take them about a week to get back to you. And generally, they will give like at least one page of A4 full of stuff. Don't let that mm-hmm. scare you. They could sometimes, be quite militant, can't they? Yeah sometimes they do misread things as well and this happened only last week where they said a gp had not given enough holidays not been given enough holidays but that gp was part-time and so the pro the holidays were pro-rad so i had to explain all that to him and and he understood it in the end
1: i think that ties in nicely like with with where we ended things though because we we ended things with the benefit of working with with menlo park and and what we actually offer so you know you, you could be watching. So this podcast and even the actual webinar that we did and thinking this is a massive amount of information to take in mm-hmm. um you know how am i supposed to remember all of these questions what you know if you work with us you don't because we're asking those questions for you we've found out all of that information uh about the practice and, and where the vacancies come from and how they're working how the duties up, everything that you've just covered Vic we we did all of that and um, before we speak with with any gp and uh so you get that overview um, you get that extensive overview all the fact finding questions is it, it, that there and available for you um we qualify you, the GP, as well, though. So as much as we qualify the practice to the end degree, we do that with a GP. So we're really trying to find out what makes you tick as a GP, and uh, what you know your motivators are, your push factors, your pull factors, um, your you know your what's on your shopping list basically when you're looking for a practice. And the better we understand you, the better we're going to find a practice that fits with that, and vice versa as well. And then. I think, again, you were speaking about it there, about what happens with the contract and the BMA getting involved. And I think they're a useful service, but like I say, it can be a bit militant and it's not always relevant. That's where our involvement can be key, because we can pick through those bits and say, well, that bit's important. We need to address that. That bit's not important. That bit's important. We'll address that. But that bit's not important. You know, we'll go through that with them. Um, so yeah, just actually helping with the negotiation um, of the contract, but the salary as well. Money is not a comfortable topic for a lot of people to discuss, um, but we discuss salaries all day, day in day out. So you know <laughs> we're 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 quite happy having that chat on behalf of uh, of GPs and, and negotiating um, that the the best deal for you. And then um, once you're placed. Your your in post, you're hopefully settling settling in well. There's the aftercare element as well that we offer. Uh, so you know we we check in with all of our GPs and our practices a minimum of two times um, after they start to make sure that everything is going okay. And if there are any issues that have arisen, we can mediate those. Um, and typically, issues that arise the quicker they're dealt with, they're easier that they can be uh, be resolved. Um, so. Uh, yeah, um, it's a pretty, uh, a pretty all-encompassing webinar. I'd like to think we covered a lot. We had some, we had some really good questions as well, didn't we? Um, yeah, we throughout. Did. And, and then there was a Q and A section at the end um, where there was, you know, something like a dozen really notable questions, um, which uh, hopefully you'll find useful as well.
2: We, I mean, just to touch on the questions before we wrap up, we did have uh, a couple of GPs that required tier two sponsorship and then wanted yep. to learn more about that. You know we try to educate practices as we go about tier two sponsorship. We've even provided them with a guide on how to become a sponsor and even a guide on how to allocate a certificate of sponsorship number once they have that GP in place. Yep. So um we we can help with that. And we've we've worked with lots of tier two uh GPs that need the visa, and so we can certainly help with that. But before we wrap up, one more thing, we need to put a myth to bed because I've had this a few times. There's a bit of a rumor that if a GP works with a recruitment firm that this will affect their salary oh, and yeah. they have to pay. That's absolutely yep. not true. It does not financially impact the GP in any way, shape or form. So please yep. spread the word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Brilliant. Well, yeah, hopefully you find this useful and uh, and you go and actually look at the the, the full length version on, on YouTube. Um, so if you'd like to get a link for that, get in touch with us today um, and uh, we will can send you the link to the whole series. Uh, but for me, thank you very much.
2: And
0: uh, we look forward to hopefully speaking to you soon.
1: Take care, guys. Bye
0: you've been listening to the illuminating primary care podcast if you enjoyed our podcast please subscribe review and share so others can find the podcast too we really appreciate your support if you're a practice looking to recruit permanent clinicians such as gps nurses or allied health staff please get in touch at menloparkrecruitment.com or email james at menloparkrecruitment.com For daily primary care news, please follow Menlo Park Recruitment on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for listening and we hope you'll join us next time for another episode of the Illuminating Primary Care Podcast.